Listener Production. Please leave your message after the tone. Why am I jealous of my ex? I am so stressed all the time. How do I get into a routine? Is TikTok making me anxious? I think I'm being manipulated. Someone told me you could live with half a brain. This is Do You Fucking Mind? Mindset Hacks for a Badass Life. Hosted by me, Alexis Fernandez. All right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the episode of today. I didn't even call you my beautiful beans. Welcome, my beautiful beans. So the topic of today's episode is dealing with the pressure of having it all figured out by 30 or by your 30s. And I just feel like this is such an important topic to cover because we all have in our heads this kind of timeline that we need to adhere to in our life. So we've got, you know, there's the body clock timeline for, you know, a lot of women feel that way. There's, you know, this career timeline. There's all sorts of things that we feel the pressure, whether it's our community, society at large, our friendship group, our family, where we feel that by a certain age or time, we have to have done a certain thing. So yeah, I think it's really important to firstly understand what is this timeline that I've created for myself? Why is it affecting me so much? And why am I feeling so much pressure to have all these things figured out by 30? And I'm using 30 because that's like a really common question that I get asked. I think across the board, people in their 30s and not just now, sorry, people in their 20s, not just now, but also decades ago have felt that kind of your 20s, it's kind of like you can kind of get away with doing whatever, but by 30, I need to have it figured out. And if I don't have it figured out by 30, then what does that mean? Am I a failure? Am I, am I behind the pack? What does it mean? So let's talk about that because I actually did a poll and a whole bunch of questions on my Instagram. And firstly, thank you to everyone that jumped on and shared their answers and voted on the yes, no's with me um, because it really, really helps me get an insight into this community and to understand you guys, my audience. So I really appreciate that. Also, if you want to follow me on Instagram so you can be jumping on these polls, it's Alexis, P-R-E-D-E-Z, Alexis Predes, or my podcast account, which is um, DYFM Podcast on Instagram. Anyway, so I asked all these questions and I'm going to go through the results with that. Also, by the way, there is no brain fact today. The reason there's no brain fact, I'll give you a little life update as the reason why there's no brain fact. I had a hectic weekend. It was another wedding. If you listen to my podcast from last week, you will know that I went to a wedding. It was a good fucking time. And I had another wedding this weekend. And if it was like all weekend, we were doing stuff for the wedding. It was my cousin Giselle's wedding. And if you guys know her from this podcast, you'll be thrilled to know she's married to the biggest legend, Frankie. She's unbelievable. Um, Giselle was on the episode called Shit Happens Literally. Fucking hilarious episode. But she covers like all these things about heartbreak and going through all these feelings where you feel like everything's falling apart and you've hit your lowest point in life and how to rebuild from there. So I think it's actually quite fitting the whole 360 that's happened with everything that happened in Giselle's life to then her getting married over the weekend. And I think that, you know, Giselle was someone that at 31 had just come out of a relationship, had to move back home, had no job. COVID was hitting. She was literally... (laughs) 
didn't have a job, heartbroken, didn't have anywhere to live, was living with her parents, had just also decided to give up another career dream of hers that she had had. And she literally was at like the lowest point in her life. She explains all of that. And this is like she was 31 at the time. So it's kind of like, where do I go from here? And how she's turned that around in just like a three-year time period. And not that it's the goal to meet the love of your life, but it did meet the love of her life through that journey and now they're married. It was a fucking epic wedding. Giselle and Frankie, love you so much. That was unbelievable. I was, If I wasn't laughing, I was sobbing. The whole time, it was like sobbing, laughing, aha, like highs and emotional. I wouldn't say they're lows because it was like tears of, you know, emotion and happiness. But anyway, it was a roller coaster of emotions this whole weekend and now I could sleep for 48 hours, but it was unbelievable. That is why I don't have a brain fact because I feel like... <laughs> I normally like will come up with the ideas for brain facts, you know, over the weekend and kind of start to put it together on the Monday. Yesterday I was with the whole family again. So I've just got this episode that I've been working on for a little bit. No brain fact. Okay. Now let's get back into what I was talking about. I did do a poll on my Instagram and I was asking you guys a bunch of questions. So the first question was, do you feel like you need or needed to have it all worked out by 30? 70 there were hundreds of answers, hundreds. 75% said yes, they did feel like they needed to have it worked out, and 25% said no. Then I said, if so, what is your biggest concern? And these are some of the answers that I got. And I'm, I'm mentioning these answers because I had a lot of answers that are similar to these as well, okay? So it goes as follows. That if I didn't have it sorted by then, I never would. Needing to progress my career before it goes on hold to have children social pressures and learnt expectations and my body clock, running out of time to do it all, not choosing the right career and then thinking it's too late to change the career. I'm single, living with my parents, not earning much while all my friends own their own homes, not reaching my potential, feeling left behind, wanting to be a musician so I feel that I have to be young to be relevant, that there's an expiry date on my career and when I get too old, I don't know what I'll do. Being a female, I feel as though reproductively, I need to know now if kids are in my future. That I wouldn't have done all the fun, spontaneous partying before I had to settle down. Um, I'm in my 30s and I still have no clue about my career, knowing I'm not living my life to the fullest. Currently living abroad and loving it, but when do I have to go back home to settle before it's too late? It feels like I should have way more money saved not living up to the dreams I had for myself at this age and feeling disappointed and being seen as a failure. Okay, so that's what people's concerns are or were when they were at that point in their life. Then the next question I asked was, do you compare your timeline to others? 86% said yes, 14% said no. And then I said, what is your main point of comparison? And these were by far the main ones. It pretty much didn't budge outside of these main ones. Finances, children slash body clock, finding your person and getting married, career success, home ownership or um, like an investment property, and having lived and traveled in your 20s. The top two by far from these answers, when you compare yourself to the rest, was career and relationship. So finding that person, your love, whatever, and doing well in your career, career success, all of that. So I guess what I want you to think about before we go into anything else in this episode is that you're definitely not alone in this feeling. 
I think that people have always felt this way. And I don't, I think it obviously also depends where it is that you live, the people you're surrounded with. It depends on country to country, city to city, town to town. There's going to be different standards as to what is the quote unquote norm of the timeline for people to achieve certain goals, okay? And there's no right or wrong, but there's always going to be a norm. If you look around, the norm is obviously going to be what are most people doing right now, okay? And in addition to that, because there is a norm, cultural society norm, where you live, you're likely going to be feeling a bit of pressure if you are not adhering to this norm. People are going to, even if it's not negative, even if it's the people that love you, but they're going to be asking you, well, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to find that person? You you know, like all these questions, they keep, you know, getting repeated, repeated, repeated. So of course you're going to be thinking, I'm obviously falling behind because people keep asking me these questions or because everyone around me is doing the same thing that I'm not yet doing, okay? And a lot of the time you feel like you're falling behind because it's something that you probably do want to have in your life. Because if you looked at it and said, I don't want any of that whatsoever, then you probably voted no to my question of, do you feel like you need to have it worked out by 30? And you probably voted no to, do you compare your timeline to others? Because if it's something that you absolutely do not want any aspect of, then it's kind of like, well, I'm definitely not comparing myself because I look at that and I think, praise be that I don't, you know, have to adhere to these things and I don't care because it's not it's not a priority for me. However, if it's something that you do want but it's not yet happened for you, that's probably when you're more likely to be feeling the pressure. Even if it's not all the things you want, you might want just the career but you don't want kids or you might just want, you know, a partner and family. You're not too phased about career goals, all of that. But I guess the main thing here is to realise that a lot of us, are in the same boat when it comes to this mini crisis that we're having of, you know, this pressure. Am I going to be good enough? Will I feel like a failure? I've got to get my shit together. I currently don't have it together. What does this mean? What does this mean? Does this mean I'm going to be unhappy? Does this mean I'm going to be unfulfilled? Does this mean people are going to look down on me that I'm never going to be satisfied that I'm going to have regrets? Like, what does it all mean? Okay. So, I guess the first thing I wanted to talk about is what are, what are the main components that influence you feeling this way? Because once you can pinpoint what the influences are, then you can look at kind of like minimizing those influences so you don't feel so pressured and it doesn't feel so intense. So the first one, of course, the first, you know, influence is the milestones in your head. Okay. So we look at 30 as one of the major milestones in our life. For whatever reason, 30, well, not whatever reason, there's a big reason for it, 30 marks a line in the sand. And the reason 30 is that year, I don't want to generalize, but I feel like for females in general, it's also quite big because of like societal expectations, body clock, all of that stuff as well. But I think across the board, 30 is a big milestone because in your 20s, you still have that, you know, you're still a young adult, you're still potentially studying or you're still kind of getting your shit together as far as career, you're still discovering yourself. From 30 onwards, between 30 and 40, that's when most people would have started a family, right? They're having kids, they're settling down, they've bought a property, they're doing all those like stereotypical things that you do. So I feel like 30 is a much bigger milestone as far as you know, a line in the sand of young adult to adult versus 40, 50, 60, et cetera. Okay. So I feel like, and and probably the same goes for like when you turn 18, that's a huge fucking milestone, but for different reasons, it's just because you've become an adult, et cetera. I'm not going to go into that. So I feel like because it's such a big milestone, 
you kind of are going to draw comparisons with people from when you're on one side of 30 versus the other side of 30. And that's where you're really drawing comparisons. And I feel like a lot of people have this anxiety towards turning 30, not because, or not necessarily because it's like, I don't want to get old or I don't want to turn 30. I used to fear turning 30. And then when I realized I turned 30, I just was generally just a whole lot happy. I think it's a psychological thing. I don't think it's age related. But I think this fear of turning 30, it all comes down to by the time I'm 30, and this is another thing that I got a lot of people writing, I have no excuses anymore. It's kind of people feel like when I'm in my 20s, I can have the excuse of oh, I'm still in my 20s. I'm still working it out. I'm still young. When I turn 30, what excuse do I have? And this is all like, this is all something we've created. You know, it's all something that you either believe is true or believe is not true. And if you believe it, it's going to affect your life. And if you don't believe it, it's not going to affect your life. It's kind of a construct that we have created. Okay. But the milestone of 30 is this idea in our head that's really, really hard to dissolve. So that's one of the main influences that make you feel this way. The second main influence, of course, is comparing yourself to people within your circle. So it, you're, you're not really comparing yourself to, if you grow up, all through your 20s and 30s, and all your friends have children, are married, settle down, whatever, have their career, all of that, and you're floating around, kind of traveling, coming back, doing, you know, odd jobs here and there, you know, not really quote unquote settling down, you're likely going to be like, wow, this is a really harsh contrast between my lifestyle and these and my friend's lifestyle, okay? For example, if you look at my, myself, I've got a really close-knit group of 11 girlfriends, the Red Bull girls. And only one, we're all in our 30s, and only one has kids, two kids. Danny, fucking love you. She's got two kids, okay? The rest of us don't have kids yet. And I'd say most of us want them at some point, but as it stands, all of us in our 30s with only one having kids. So you can imagine for us, there's not really been that comparison of like, oh my God, when am I going to have kids? Because our circle is just not there yet, at least. So... I have never really felt this pressure socially about kids because if you look at who I surround myself with, it's just not a norm. Whereas if you were to flip it, it would feel like, oh, am I falling behind? You'd be questioning yourself a lot, potentially. Um, the same thing goes for career. I remember when I was in my late 20s, I had no fucking idea which direction I was going to head career-wise. Do I stay in fitness? Am I going to pursue? Like I didn't, I kind of felt a bit stagnant with what I was doing and I wasn't sure. And I'm seeing other people progress in their careers, progress, progress. That was probably the time in my life where I compared myself the most more than any other time in my life was career-wise in my late 20s. And that is probably why I struggled with the concept of turning 30 because I feel, I felt like I did not have my shit remotely together career-wise. And on top of the fact that even though I loved what I did, I didn't have a cent to my name after, you know, my paycheck had come through, rent, bills, a little bit of money to socialize and a bit of money put aside to travel. I had not a fucking cent to my name. I couldn't save. I couldn't, nothing. So I was like, what, at what, at what point am I going to feel organized? Okay. So that's because I was comparing myself to those in my circle because I felt like people around me really were having their shit together career-wise. Then another thing that's really going to influence you is constantly being questioned by other people around you. So I'm talking about people who love you, people who don't love you, people who know you, people that don't really know you, unsolicited comments, just people in general do feel a sense of entitlement to commentate on your life as they see it and kind of dictate when something should be done or what that timeline is. And people always want a talking point 
And I don't even think they care that much because it doesn't really directly impact their life, but people seem to feel entitled to make these comments and it might affect you way more than this person even realises or even thinks about you. So things like, you know, when are you going to settle down? And then you end up settling down and meeting someone. When are you guys going to get engaged? And then you do get engaged. When are you guys going to get married? And then you fucking get married. When are you going to have a baby? And then you have a baby. When's the next one? This baby needs a sibling. You can't have an only child. It needs siblings. Then you have a next one. And then you have a third child and everyone's like, ooh, three kids. Isn't that irresponsible? That's too many kids. So it's like you can never... You can never please anyone. People are always, always, always going to have a con- an idea of like, you're not settling down quick enough. Now that you have kids, are you parenting properly? Are you this? Are you that? So it's kind of like, how do I find a way to kind of turn down this noise a little bit? Because it's inevitable, okay? People are not going to stop doing this. And you can't control people thinking this way or acting this way because they're also a victim of the same timeline of like expectations on your timeline. So because they themselves have experienced that, they're just projecting the same shit onto other people. So it's, you know, you can shift the blame here and there, but really it's like, it is what it is as far as other people. The only thing I can do is control how much I, you know, fester on these thoughts and allow these thoughts to really impact what it is that I'm going to do and impact my choices. Okay. So you can't change what people say. So don't, I wouldn't even try, but I guess it's all about how can, like, how can I accept these statements? How can I not let it like really get to my core? And also, can I come up with like a set answer that I can give to people to shut it down really quickly so I don't have to be always explaining myself? So for an example with me, ever since I got engaged, the question from week one, it's been like 18 months since we got engaged. We've not even started planning the wedding. And ever since like literally from the week of engagement to obviously now 18 months later, the question of when are we getting married comes up constantly. Like, brother, I have, if I've not mentioned the fact that we're making progress with an idea around the wedding, the chances are that we have not made progress on the wedding idea. I'm constantly asked, when are you getting married? When are you getting married? But what if you guys have kids and you, are you going to have kids at your wedding? Are you going to, it's like, honestly, you guys are making this more of a knot in your head than I am. I'm just chilled. And also, is it, a crime to want to be engaged for a couple of years before you have a wedding, apparently. So I'm just like, it's just the same with so many other people when it comes to kids and these comments that are made. So you've got to really acknowledge that being constantly questioned by other people around you is going to be a huge influence on how you feel about your own timeline. So you've got to find a way, and I'm going to be talking about this throughout this episode, but you've got to find a way to be like, I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be, you know, emotionally resistant to this thing and then feel fired up. I can acknowledge that it's annoying. I can acknowledge that it's frustrating, but am I going to let this dictate what I do? Because you can go either way. You can feel the pressure and think, fuck, I need to hurry up. I need to settle down. Everyone's... Or you could be like, yeah, wow, all these people we're feeling obviously what I'm feeling right now. And now they're just projecting. That's frustrating for all of us. Now let's just find a quick one liner to kind of shut it down and then not have to talk about it because I don't need to be talking about something that's just non-existent right now. Okay. The next thing that I want to talk about is this idea that you're actually never going to have it all worked out at any point in your life. And that's a good thing because you are a work in progress. There's always something that's going to be changed and edited. You might think, okay, I'm really, you know, going to get it, going to get everything worked out. And then you end up having kids and you're like, whoa, 
I have, this is a massive learning curve. Now I've got to learn you. So you haven't got it worked out. Then this other thing happens and you change careers. Then this, that you there's it. Life is a learning curve. It is a constant learning spiral. Basically it is ongoing. You will never have it completely figured out. And then on top of that, not to be a negative Nancy, but on top of all of that happening, you might think that everything's in the right place. And then things that are outside of your control will happen. And you don't want your happiness to be pending on once I have everything under control, I will then be happy. Because things out of your control happen that might completely shake you to the core. The pandemic for one. People had like an idea of where they wanted to be and what they were going to do and what their timeline was. And I was going to travel and live abroad and all these ideas. Bang, the pandemic hits. That's not in your control. How is that affecting your happiness? How is that affecting your idea of you succeeding or failing? Heartbreak. Someone leaves you. Um, you know, you get made redundant. You don't get that job that you were always, you know, aiming for. You graduate and you realize you fucking hate it. Now, what do you do? Do you stay in it? Because you thought that that was going to be your life thing. So now you have to do it. Or do you start back at square one, freaking out? You know, so you're always going to be hit with these curveballs in your life. So I think it's really important to when you're looking at timelines and thinking that you have to have your shit together. You're never going to feel like you have your shit together, but you can feel like you're striking a balance. And I think that with life for me, especially as I've gone into my thirties, I've noticed that my priorities have shifted. And ironically, when I shifted my priorities, it didn't mean that I started working less or that my career didn't matter. My career actually did better when I shifted my priorities because I had balance and I was a bit calmer around everything. The, the, the times where I had the most anxiety about what I was going to achieve with my life and where my priorities were, were when things where I felt like I was like banging my head against the wall. Cause I think I was very narrow tunneled visioned and it was really difficult for me to see the bigger picture. When you shift your priorities and you think, all right, what is really, really, really important to me ultimately? And it's kind of like doing the deathbed test or the regret test. And it helps you to really put things into perspective really, really quickly. The deathbed test is, you know, on your deathbed, is this going to matter? The day that I am dying, hopefully at an old age, and I look back, would this thing have been of importance? Would I have been a bit, bit sad that I let this thing affect me so much, that I let this kind of comparison affect my quality of life so much? When I had all the energy in the world, when I had my, you know, my health, when I had all these things, does it sadden me that I let X consume me or the comparison with this person's income consume me? That's a question to ask yourself. Deathbed test, will it matter when I'm on my deathbed? Then the next thing is the regret test. Will I regret doing this or not doing this in the future? And it's relatively easy to know if you're going to regret something or not in your future based on your previous track record. If you look at what are my regrets from the past, often you'll have an idea of like, wow, I really value adventure because the times that I didn't choose that adventurous option or that trip or that, you know, moving here or whatever, I regret. So that gives you an insight into what it is that you value. Or, the, or I really regret not spending more time with my siblings when we lived together. Then that gives you an idea of what you're valuing there. Okay. So kind of when you strip everything back, look at what your priorities are and kind of look at what your expectations are for yourself. Because normally when people go through a lot of hardship, financial hardship, emotional loss, total burnout, people undergo this emotional shift on what they think is important and kind of what they expect from themselves. So I want you to ask yourself, 
with what you've got in your life right now, if you were to lose something that you have right now, whether it be your partner, they break up with you, whether it be, you know, the family dynamic that you have, the career that you have, whatever it is, if you were to lose that, how would it impact you? Would it impact you massively? Would it be a massive shame? Or if I was never to get that thing that I wanted and that I'm working towards, can I still be happy? Am I capable of having a life that I'm happy with if I never have children, if I never have that career that I want to have, if I never find that partner or that partner by the time that I want to find them? Am I capable of pivoting and being happy? And if the answer is no, then you kind of want to think, well, why is that? Why am I putting every aspect of me into this basket? Because while it's likely that you're going to fall in love and that you're going to have kids, there are no there's no guarantees in life. The only thing you can guarantee is the fact that you have control over a set amount of things in your life and that you don't have control over a, a bunch of other things in your life. And when you look at the things that matter the most to you, it's a lot easier to take control of those things, okay? So as an example, maybe you have a really, really strong purpose in your life and it maybe it makes you no money, but you've got a really, really strong purpose and it makes you leap out of bed every morning with a why as to why you are here on this earth. And even though you don't make much money, you have that. While in the meantime, there's so many people searching for that feeling, maybe making a lot of money, but, you know, never finding that feeling and always craving it. Okay. Or maybe you make a lot of money, but you'd give it all up to have a close-knit family or a really tight inner circle of friends. Or maybe you don't own your own home, you don't have a dollar saved, you don't make a lot of money, but your life is full of really, really rich experiences and encounters. Kind of when you sit in a place of lack and focus on that person has that, that person has that, I don't, that person has this life, I don't, that person can afford this, I can't then it's going to feel like a lot of lack. And that's when you're going to start to feel this desperation creeping up inside of like, oh, all these things that aren't happening for me and time is ticking and my 30s is creeping closer or that body clock thing is creeping closer. And it feels really, really unpleasant. It feels borderline painful. But when you look at the things that you do have in place and you kind of wonder at it being like, I might not be rich, but I have purpose. I have, I have people that I wake up for every day. I've got a reason for being here every day. I have, I've made myself really valuable in other people's lives and that fucking feels good. Okay. And how, how can I grow on this feeling, you know, or, you know, you might not have the family that you want yet, or you, and, but you could look at what it is that you do have. You could have your friends. You could have this career that you've always wanted that's really fulfilling. You could have all these adventures that you always go on. There's always something that you can focus on to expand, to make yourself feel like, all right, not all is lost and I can still be working towards something while not feeling like everything else is falling apart, okay? Okay, so now I want to go over a bunch of things to kind of focus on if you're feeling like this crazy anxiety around it. The first thing is you probably don't currently have it all together and that is normal and that is good, okay, because you are in this trial and error kind of phase in your life and you're always going to be, this phase goes from birth till death, mind you. So you're in this zone, which will always be fluctuating like really intensely or not as intensely, but always where you're trying to like 
figure out, is this working for me? Is it not? And another thing that I want you to look at is when you compare yourself to someone, it's not all bad. Comparison does have its good side. You ju- it's just not good when you think I'm shit, I'm a shitter person because that person has this or because that person's experiencing. That's when comparison is unhealthy. But p- comparison helps us understand what it is that we want or value or it or it it tests us. So if you find yourself comparing yourself to somebody who's making a lot of money, it's a test. You could either say, wow, I really fucking want a lot of money. Or you could say, is this testing me to think, do I want this or can I find the same value that that provides that person in my life through something else? You know, so when I look at comparison, when, for example, when I was in my late 20s and I was comparing my career a lot, I used to sink back into the, oh, I've got no savings. I'm, I'm, I, where am I going with my career? I'm not, the, I'm hitting a, a fucking roadblock. Everyone's really advancing their careers, either getting promoted or launching their businesses and it's flying and I, I don't know what I'm doing. What I would, what really made me feel good is I'm like, you lived in Paris, can't twice. Like, that's fucking unbelievable. You, you know, you've, you've l- been able to really explore speaking French. You have the best fucking relationship with your sister and your cousins. My best friend lives one block away and we get coffee every morning. Like it's not all bad. I have so much. And then if I was to think, would I give up my life for the life of someone whose career is flying? Absolutely not. So while I'm sitting here frustrated with one aspect, is it worth not having all the other things that are working in my life? And it was never worth it. Because there was enough that I could see that was good, that meant something to me, that it wasn't worth it. So it was a test. I I felt like it was a test and it would help me redirect my priorities. And it's okay to be satisfied with a lot in your life and still want more. That's balance. But to only want, 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 and to never be able to look and say, this is pretty fucking cool. That's sad. That's, that's where you're never going to be satisfied and you're always going to be thinking, I'll be happy when, dot, 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 okay? The next thing is not having it figured out is going to allow for exploration and it's going to allow for mistakes because when you're in this state of like, I still don't have all these things, you know, in this timeline, the stakes are not as high. Your external responsibilities are probably not as high. You probably don't have dependents or a mortgage or whatever. So there's good and bad with both things. When you have dependents and a mortgage and whatever, yes, it's fulfilling in a lot of ways. But then of course, your ability to be spontaneous and and have all this freedom is, is limited somewhat. You know, so you've got to look at it as like, this is my fucking chance. I can swap, change, chop, whatever with, with little repercussions. I mean, you can always be doing that, but it's, it gets harder when you've got more responsibilities in your life or when you've got more dependence. So look at this time right now. If you feel that none of these things have been quote unquote ticked off, look at this time and think, this is my trial and error era Let's go hard. You know, this is the fucking time. What about when I'm on my deathbed? Instead of like, you're going to look back and think, oh my God, that time frame where I didn't have my career locked in, a partner locked in, children, a mortgage, that was the time, the opportunity to just go nuts. Try this, try that. That failed. Who cares? Doesn't really impact me long term because there's not much to lose right now. You know, that was my time to just risk, 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 risk. Okay. 
You don't want to look back when you're on your deathbed to the, those few years and think, wow, on, in that time where I really could have just let loose and have fun and have my, like my just wild time. And I'm not talking about partying. I'm talking about just trialing different things in your life. Here I was, you know, upset with my life. Here I was upset that things weren't working out or that it wasn't happening fast enough for me. And that's really sad because that's time you're never going to get back. Okay. The next thing is you are not alone. If so many people are feeling similar, look at all these people, you know, that are similar or have similar interests to you because you listen to this podcast. There's a lot of audience that listens to this podcast that might align with you in quite a lot of things who feel the same way that you feel. And if so many people are feeling similar to you, maybe it's because this pressure or, or you know, level of pressure is wrong. It just shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't. If, if this was the timeline that was supposed to work for everybody, there wouldn't be this many people feeling the pressure. Okay. The timeline's, you know, flawed. It's very flawed. And you've got to realize that just because that timeline exists, that's been put into place by other human beings, you can still look at it and say, wait a minute, I'm not the only one that feels that this, this timeline isn't working for me. There's hundreds, thousands, probably millions of other people that feel this same way. And if everyone feels like they're falling behind or running out of time, then what's the standard that we're comparing ourselves to? We need to shift that needle a little bit. So even though the generation above you might have a timeline, just say, well, it's different for my generation. Thank you for your concerns, but no thank you, okay? The next thing is to start to gravitate towards people and situations that make you feel good, not that make you feel less than. You don't ever have to slot into the quote-unquote norm if it's not for you. You might just be this free-flowing energy for the next 10 years if that's what works for you. I had someone write to me in, in the stories saying, I grew up in Utah and the stigma there is that you get married by 19 to 21. And if you're not, then you're old. Then you're too old. If I lived in Utah, I'd be a fucking relic by those standards. So it's kind of like it's all relative, you know. So for this listener, she's like, I feel pretty old to not be married. And she's probably 23. Do you know what I mean? So you have to surround yourself with people that where you feel empowered, not where you're looking at it being like, oh, I'm being made to feel this way. I'm being made to feel like I've just not hit it and now I'm really old and I'm too old for, you know, fuck that. Okay. Like, like I said, you know, with me, with my friends, we're all in our thirties, only one has kids, that kind of thing. So obviously I'm in an environment where I'm like, I'm feeling pretty, you know, relaxed and good. And if I want to have kids, it's because I want to have kids, not because I'm feeling this pressure because every single person around me has had kids and I'm whatever. So try to strike a balance, but try and find a way where you can find a community of people where when you interact with them, you really feel good, where this kind of timeline thing and this like stress of when, when you reach your thirties or whatever doesn't exist at all. It goes out the window. If every time you socialize, the conversations are around the same things, the topics are around the same, same things, you feel left out, you feel like it can't contribute because you can't relate, then may, I'm not saying cut these friends out because they might be really important to you, but strike a balance, which brings me to my next point, which is strike a balance. So you don't want to isolate yourself from the people that matter to you, but you don't have to always hang around with these people where you're like, wow, it's really magnifying the fact that I'm not quite there yet. You need to separate it a little bit 
and do things for yourself in groups of people where you're going to feel empowered. Like if you decide, like I've got a friend and she's recently moved to Bali and she was like, I was feeling like I really wasn't adhering to a bunch of timelines. So I needed to get out of Australia. So I've moved to Bali and I'm looking at everyone on Instagram and I'm really not adhering to these timelines. And I'm I'm like, well, of course, because nothing, your awareness hasn't changed it. You physically removed yourself. But if your head is still there, then you're going to still feel the same way. So it's almost like whether I leave the country or city, great. I mean, I'm all for fucking traveling, you know me. But whether I leave or not, it's got to be a psychological change as well. Which groups of people can I start to meet? Can I start to talk to? Which, and you know, you can start on my own Facebook page where you're meeting like-minded people. You can go to the gym, you can and meet people there. You can go, there's all these places where you can start to be like, I, this isn't working for me. I need to find a group of people where I'm feeling like these are my people. Okay. And when you find a community, when you find a new norm, that's not dictated by other people, but what you've chosen to dictate. And by norm, I'm saying like in quotation marks, nothing has to be normal. But when you find that, you're going to realize your levels of satisfaction in your life are going to skyrocket. Sometimes we're not wrong. We're just in the wrong place or we're talking to the wrong people for us. or We're talking, we're in a situation that's not working for us. So it's not about you haven't done it right. You're not fitting to the right timeline. It's maybe the environment that I'm in is not aligning with the timeline that I want. And I might, some people can have their own timeline and be this carefree person in that environment and it doesn't affect them. But if it is affecting you, think, where can I find similar people that when I hang around them, I feel like I'm really just like, I feel fulfilled. I feel satisfied. I don't feel like I'm have to compare and I have to do all of that. I feel good. Okay. So striking a balance. And the aim I think overall is to also be really patient with yourself. I want you to feel better about yourself. I want you to feel better about what you have to offer in this world and what you have to offer people around you. And that's how you start to really enjoy this journey along the way. Because sometimes when you get so caught up in these milestones, you end up looking back and thinking, I didn't give myself a chance to even make a mistake. I didn't give myself a chance to fuck up. I didn't give myself a chance to allow myself to be frustrated or annoyed or allow myself to acknowledge that I wasn't thrilled and maybe I should change my mind or I should change my career. I was so hell-bent on hitting these milestones that I didn't listen to myself at any point, you know? You don't want to minimize experiences and minimize adventure to then you know, find that life partner because it doesn't mean that by you sitting at home and doing less because you've got a timeline, it's going to happen any sooner. Things are going to happen when they happen. Okay. And for some people, they don't find the love of their life until their late thirties, until they're 75. Okay. Like it just, you've got to think what, what is in my control and what isn't and whatever isn't in your control, you just have on the sidelines and whatever is in your control is immediately in front of you. And that's what you're looking at. That's experiences. That's, you know, what you do day to day. That's the people that you choose to interact with. That's the places that you choose to go, where you choose to spend your money. That is what you have control over. And that's your focus. Because I'm going to tell you right now, shit's going to happen that you're not going to love in your life. Think curveballs are going to be thrown your way time and time and time and time again. But when you've got a solid foundation of who you are and what you have to offer and the things that you do have in your life that that makes your life unique then it's going to be easier to deal with these things that come your way. If your mind is always like, my happiness will come when all these things are in place, then one thing falls over and you feel like you failed. You feel like a failure. You feel like you've just, you've fallen behind. Okay. And that's not how you want to feel. 
it is okay to not feel like you have your shit together. Okay. I have never, ever, ever felt, even to this day right now, sitting here doing a podcast that I love with a family that I love, with a partner that I love, I still don't feel like I have my shit together. And it's kind of nice. I kind of like it because I'm in this place of like, I love what I'm doing, but what needs to be improved? What can I improve? What can I edit? I, I'm always kind of, it's, it's, a, it's a working work in progress, okay? And I like that I, I never have my shit together because in a way I kind of, I ease up on my expectations for myself. I feel like even though I want big goals for myself, I think what I expect from myself is a lot kinder than what I used to be. The times where the expectations were so fucking high, I felt like I couldn't really hit them and I felt very disappointed. When I managed my expectations on just what I could control, I became A, a lot happier, B, a lot more spontaneous and calm as well, and C, things started falling into place. I just became quote-unquote luckier when I managed my expectations. If your expectations are around what all the things that you can't control, you will be disappointed. And if your expectations are around what you can control, just what you can control, you're going to feel so much better about yourself. You're going to be, feel so much better about your timeline, about where you're headed in your life. You're going to not have to compare direct timelines with you and your friends because you're going to realize that everyone has something different to offer. Everyone has something different to offer themselves. And then the last thing to wrap up before I go into the listener question is when you are always comparing yourself to other people, Often we feel like when I'm saying, okay, because in this episode I was saying, you know, someone might have a great career, but they would really want what you want, and which is true. But what I want you to notice is when you compare yourself to other people, the aim is not to be like, oh, well, that person might be driving a Ferrari, but deep down they're depressed. That's not, that doesn't make you feel happier. That's not good. You know, you should, happiness should not be comparative. It should be individual. Your happiness should not be dependent on how happy someone else is. Because if you're someone who says, oh, I'm pretty miserable, and even though that person looks like they're successful, I know that they struggle and I know their relationship's falling apart and I know blah, 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 they're a bitch, all these things, and that is what makes you feel happier, that's not cool because now your happiness is dependent on someone else's demise. So you should never look at comparison in that way. Your happiness has to be independent. Someone could be killing it. And why should that make you more unhappy? If you didn't know that person existed and you're cruising around happy, then this person enters your life and they're killing it in every aspect and now you're sad. That shouldn't, it shouldn't change your mood. Your happiness is independent. It's got to be just about you. So this is where we bring in everything I spoke about, about, you know, striking the balance and about making sure that you're managing your priorities and your expectations. And when you really look at your priorities and what matters and the regret test and the deathbed test, that really helps you release that comparison towards yourself and other people and using other people's status as a gauge as to how happy you're going to be. If they're worse off than you, then you feel a bit better about yourself. If they're better off than you, then you feel shit about yourself. That's not a way to live your life because you're constantly going to be in this yo-yoing thing and then you also don't want to wish badly on other people either. So it doesn't work at all. So always think my happiness has to be this bubble of independence, no matter how other people's lives are going, if they're killing it or not. All right, guys, that is the topic of today's episode. I feel like I could also do a whole other part too, just on people's comments around it, because there was so much that you guys had said about how you feel around this topic. Um, so I really appreciate you guys writing in. Love you guys so much. And we've got the listener question now. 
You have one unheard message. Okay, listen a question. To a legend, need help. I moved out to Melbourne last September 2022 and like 99% of everyone that comes here have fallen in love with the place. Before I moved out, I recently got into a relationship with my partner, Harry. We are still together long distance. I'm heading back for Christmas, but he wants me to stay in Bath near London. I've always put others first and only started to put myself first and found myself since being in Melbourne. I have my dream job, swim teacher out here, and I have family here, which is my older sister, which she has just gotten her citizenship and we have grown very close again, which I love. Harry is a landscaper and he came out in December until beginning of Feb this year for a long holiday and he loved it and he was so relaxed here. Unfortunately, his mother is a classic boy-mum relationship. He's in the middle child of three boys and she has even tried to get involved in the relationship. My parents have never gotten involved in mine or my sister's relationship. It's a healthy one we all have. Basically, to cut a long story short, I found my place here and I love everything here and I don't want to go back. I have lived in Edinburgh, Scotland, 27 years, but I wouldn't be going back there. I would be moving to another new place. Basically, do I follow my heart or my head? Everyone says, do what is going to make you happy. P.S. Love your podcast. All right. My question is, which one is heart and which one is head? I feel like they're both different heart decisions because love and following someone for love is heart, but being in a place that fulfills you so much, that makes you so happy, where you feel that everything's fallen into place, you've found your place. That's also heart. It's like this is, this is a visceral feeling about where I live. I think that you've got to really, really think about what would my life look like if I moved to Bath? Like genuinely, what will it look like? Because I'm all for finding the love of your life and flourishing with your partner and all of that 100%. You know, if you found an epic match and you think, you know, nothing trumps this, they are the person, I'll, I'll go anywhere for love. That's great. And I really love that for people when they find that and it's really fulfilling. But you've also got to think my relationship is one, important, but one facet of my life, which is multifaceted. You can't depend your entire life on a relationship. So se several things need to work in order to equal a happy life. You can't have one really epic relationship where you're in love and be miserable in all other areas and that equal happiness. Okay, so you've got to ask yourself, can I be happy living in Bath? Because you've got to think, and, and, and don't be, don't be miserable, don't be like, no, of course I can't. Like, really think, if I was to give it my all, what could my life look like? Could I have a career where I feel like I'm really flourishing or a job where I feel like I'm really flourishing? Do I think I could really integrate into this city and really learn to love it? Do I think that my life there with my partner would be really fulfilled. Like really start to brainstorm, could it be great? But if you're looking at it being like, I know myself, I know what it is that I love. I know that that life there, the only good thing would be him. Then I would really think twice about moving because ultimately, and this is going to sound really cold, relationships can come and go in seasonal phases of your life. But, but true satisfaction with your life, that's something that has to be really relished. 
And then an- another thing you've got, to, you know, the, the whole, what I was talking about in this episode, the whole deathbed regret test, would you regret, do you think you'd regret leaving? Because you also don't want to be in a relationship where you resent them because they made you leave. Then there's no point. Then he's always at a loss. He's always going to be at a loss if you're like, oh, I moved here for you. I did this for you. Even if you don't say it, there might be certain actions or thoughts or like when you're really angry, you might kind of, that might be the underlying feeling. If you guys have a fight and you're thinking, wow, if we were to break up, I fucking left Melbourne and I'm somewhere where I'm not happy, you know. So you've got to think, will I be okay with being in Melbourne for just this amount of time? Will be I, Will I be okay leaving my sister, when we've gotten so close, like, am I okay with that? And if you can genuinely be like, yep, I've really like maximized the time here. It's been great. It'd be nice to stay, but honestly, I can just leave now. Then that makes you feel a lot better about taking that step and move and, you know, moving away from Melbourne, moving out of Australia to a new city. But if you genuinely are like, I've found my happiness, I'm fucking, I've not even found it, I've created my happiness in this place, it's a life that I fucking love, if I leave this, I'm going to resent this person or the relationship forever, then I would definitely think twice about leaving, okay? Because I feel like happiness, especially when you're creating it for yourself, that's unrivaled, that is something that's priceless. So you have to really, really try and put yourself in both situations. But if you've created a life that you love and everything's fallen into place, I personally would also, especially that this is a life not even in your home country, you've moved to a city, you've created this life from scratch here. I personally would find it very difficult to leave, very difficult. Um, And I feel like you said, unfortunately, his mum is a classic boy's mum. I just feel like... You didn't even go into it, but I feel like this is already something that's weighing in on you already and you're not even there. So that might be something that fucking like makes you, makes you click over the edge. So kind of given you my advice, but I kind of haven't, but I would, if Hart is staying in Melbourne following your dream, maybe choose Hart. I don't know. That would be my, that would be my thing. Anyway, thank you so much for writing in. I love all your questions. You guys are the best. That is all for today's episode. As always, please remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to your brain. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke! Listener.